You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on the dial. Father Greg Sackowitz, the rector of Holy Name Cathedral, and co-host, executive director of the cathedral, Mark Teresi. We are live streaming this morning, so we're going to wave to you. <laughs> Look at the cameras. Wave there, Mark. How are you doing, Mark? Very good. Don't forget we have our mask on. And we're social distancing right. at least six feet apart. And uh, I'm an expectant you... grandfather. When, do when? Any day. Any day our little grandson's supposed to be coming. So. And this is number? Uh, five. Five, number five. And uh, we'll certainly keep a prayer for number five any day. And look at the, look at the world the little one's being born into. This yes. whole COVID-19 but, has uh, not gotten worse. Our social unrest has not gotten better. Our daughter-in-law, one maternity leave is up, will be teaching from home. My wife will be sitting with the little guy because she can't sit with the little guy at home while she's teaching. Uh, who would have thought that, you know, a year ago? Yeah, it has so changed. 2020 has just been, but I keep telling people, God is with us and God will see us through. It take one day at a time. We have a tremendous program lined up, 312-255-8408, 312-255-8408. Nonviolence Works is a nonprofit organization located in South Shore, the focus of this organization is violence prevention in our homes, neighborhoods, and wider community. Nonviolence Works offers education and training in character development and nonviolence. Backed by popular demand, this is the threesome we just cannot break up. Phil Bradley, president and founder of Nonviolence Works. Dr. Alfredi Weedham, vice president and Loyola University professor. Larry Campbell, treasurer and chair of the Parish Pastoral Council of Saints Peter and Paul Catholic Church in Chicago. Phil, Alfredi, and Larry, welcome to the program this morning. How are you all doing? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for Good morning. Oh, sure. In fact, uh, you've been on many times, and you are always so terrific in what you talk about. And such a talk about, as I mentioned right at the start of the program, COVID-19, social unrest, an election coming up. And maybe for just a background, Phil, you are the president and founder of Nonviolence Works. How long has it been in existence, and when did it begin? Well, uh, it's an ongoing journey. Uh, when you look at the evolution of it, we, as a uh, as a trio, have been together going on six years. Well, four to six years, but the whole principle of nonviolence is going on since the '60s, uh, and we are still working on it. Uh, so that's how Nonviolence Works is, is still contributing to the pushing the needle using nonviolence. Now, as an educator, Elfrida, um, you're Loyola University, you're a professor. How did you, how did you connect with this uh, movement? Well, I connect with 
it through South Shore. Uh, I have been a resident of South Shore many years. Uh, my church is in South Shore, and I am very dedicated to the opportunities for equality and integration in our society. So I met Phil through that, and I was very much moved by the activism as well the 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 opportunity to actually apply ideas that I have thought about, other people have thought about, but never had sort of a, an, a, an immediate um, avenue for saying to my students, this is something you can do, mm-hmm. not just talk about. Exactly. And Larry, how did you get involved? Well, I started in, uh, I was a senior at Marquette University, and I had an elective to take, and I decided to take a class on nonviolence. And the class focused on Dr. King and Gandhi, as well as Christ as role models. So I've been interested for a long time. And then, as Phil mentioned, um, you know, uh, Alfredi and Phil started doing some teaching of uh, nonviolence to parishes in the archdiocese. And I happened to go to one of the seminars a couple years ago, and I was so impressed with what they were doing. And as Alfredi said, put my ideas into action in terms of, of what they were accomplishing that I asked them if they needed some help. And um, the nice thing is we all three of us got together and have been, you know, I think very successful the last couple of years, but there's still an awful lot of work left to do. And I think this is such a timely program this morning in light of what's been going on in our nation this year with an upcoming election, which <clears throat> I have to be very blunt. You know, I've heard people say if Trump is reelected, there'll be violence and protesting. If Biden wins the election, there'll be violence and protesting. Could be. And so I think, you know, you know, Phil and Alfredi and Larry, how do you respond to something like that? Now, I'm all for peaceful protesting. Not a problem. Be happy to even join for the cause. But once it becomes violent and it becomes very tension, and so I, I know that nonviolence works, you're saying it does work. But don't you find, I'm going to direct this to Phil, in all the work you do, do you sometimes feel you're taking two steps forward and five steps backwards? No, no, never. Uh, okay, say more about that. Non- yeah, not, not when you apply nonviolence. Uh, it's when you uh, misapply nonviolence, you take a step back and you give nonviolence a bad name, mm-hmm. which which happening now. But let's deal with the evolution of how we got here. The, card- the Pope Francis announced when he first got a seal, that he's praying for Chicago, and he's praying that we apply nonviolent principles in Chicago to solve our problems. And it was on the front page of the newspaper. So nonviolent work picked up that mantle because we knew we at least had spiritual support with this position that the church is not going to take. And so we've been lobbying and advocating to, to work with Cardinal Stupich because the initiative that we presented was truth and reconciliation. There's always a time for truth and reconciliation. And right now, within the construct of this American problem, what the truth that's needed is truth and reconciliation, which is the highest form of nonviolence. Uh, and but what you need is a central spokesman who can be the moral majority. Uh, anyone can do it if they find themselves, like say the mother who just lost a child uh, to violence. She can declare a truce and let's reconcile other than vengeance, Let's, let's prosecute the criminals, which is not, 
that's part of the process, too. But the main thing is how do we call a truce? The police are criminals to, our, to the population. The population look like criminals to the police. We have to call a truce. And how do we reconcile that problem? How do we all come to the table and stop bearing the hatchet in each other but, but bear it in history? Okay? Now, now, I noticed on your website you have a pledge on your website, a pledge that people would take in terms of living an, a, a life that's in recognition, a lifestyle of nonviolence. What, yes. what is that? Can you tell us that pledge? I mean, that may be something that individuals can take to heart as they yeah, listen absolutely. to you. Absolutely. See, one of the, the things that the nonviolent training does, we teach unlearn, learn, and apply. How do you unlearn behaviors that's getting in the way of your development? One is to be violent. How do you learn nonviolence? Then how do you apply that in your relationships? And after going through the 40-hour training, we asked the participants to pledge to make nonviolence not just a concept but a way of life. How do you wave to your neighbor? How do you say good morning to your enemy? How do you really start applying this and see the fruits that you get back from this deed? Okay? And so and, and every family needs you to start looking at how to apply nonviolence in your everyday life. And that's where we're at right now. In quarantine, there's more domestic violence. From being quarantined, there's more divorces. From being quarantined, there's more child abuse. From being quarantined, there's more substance abuse. How do you apply nonviolence to yourself? Now, Alfre oh, excuse me, Dr. Alfredi. So in this pandemic, not being able to be face-to-face -face with folks in terms of your training, what's happening? How are, how are you continuing to reach out to folks? How do you reach out to the kids in the classroom? Yeah. Good question. Okay, I'll I'll talk about the classroom first, and then we can talk about the the um, the local neighborhood uh, organization that we brought together uh, recently uh, through the um, through the uh, uh, community trust uh, Chicago community trust sponsorship. But that into the classroom, we talk every single day about how we are and what challenges we face. And I try to draw the students out about what's going on in their lives and how they're dealing with it. Uh, some of my students have become ill, and um, thankfully they are not too seriously ill. They still listen to the, to the class, as you can imagine, we do everything on Zoom now. Mm -hmm. uh, and they try to keep up with their work because... Know, they understand that there is a future. Right? It's not just about today or this fall or even next semester. But but we have to engage people very directly about these challenges and um, and and give them an opportunity to talk about what's hard. You know, and not keep not 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 allow them to sort of um, wallow in a certain way. Uh, because because that is kind of our tendency, right? They are isolated. They are often very sad. They are feeling like they have no. They're not sure, you know, what how how to cope with this with their families around all the time. They they can't do their work as well because they don't have co co student colleagues to consult. Because many of my students are freshmen, they don't know anybody else on campus. They, you know, <laughs> in their class, they can't go to those meeting places where they can um, discuss and share and learn uh, together. So, 
so uh, my job is not just to engage in the material, but to engage with them personally so that they feel that we can build these connections despite the ops. You know, Alfredi, you and Phil have said some very important things, and things that gets me is that uh, right now I deal with people as best I can beside our world being turned upside down is people, you know, Father Chuck Dom spoke at all the, spoke at the 10 o'clock mass a few weeks ago about domestic violence. He says, as you said, Phil, domestic violence is up, um, anger is up, tempers are shorter. And how do we talk about nonviolence works when we read in the paper, like in the Tribune in the Times this morning, now we have more restrictions regarding restaurants, could be numbers gathering. And so what started in March, we seem to be going back to that. We're not stay at home, thank God. But I think we all know people are getting weary, stress, anxious, tired, and they just wanted to go away, and this is not. And so we talk about nonviolence works, but the exact opposite is happening. I find people are incredibly short-tempered, angry, and they take it out on families, neighborhood. And so how do you respond to all this? Unless, unless I'm living in a bubble or something, maybe no, I'm missing no, it. You, no, no, very good question. Uh, one of the exercises that we use in the training uh, is called Past, Present, Future, uh, Unlearn, Learn, and Apply. And what we show is how do you apply forgiveness? How do you use forgiveness as a tool to take the blemishes of your past, to take blemishes and issues that you have with people that you unresolved with, so that you can see how you have been reacting. That because of your unresolved past and unresolved feelings, you are reacting, and it's, and it's causing more problems than solved. And so, so we give them a tool to actually exercise the emotions and see how to get back in perspective uh, per person, per family. Because people in your past, because one of the things we show is when you ask who has done anything wrong to you, uh, and the people that's on the list is my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother, my cousin, my friend, my neighbor, a stranger. And it's never a system. Uh, it's never an establishment. People who do the most damage to us are people who raise us, who bring us up. They determine our perception and how we react to the world. And so they start to see for themselves you can heal yourself if you start to exercise your emotions. You start to exercise your spirit. Exercise because it can be dormant. There's no void space. You got to come out somewhere. You know, we're going to go to break check. here, but you know, just when you said Cardinal Supich has a wonderful line that goes like this: "Forgiving doesn't change the past. Forgiving changes the future." Right. It's so Correct. true. Mark, take us to break. We're going to take a little break. WNDZ 7:50 a.m. on your dial. Catholic Chicago 312-255-8408. We're we're going to continue our talk. Uh, with wonderful leadership, Phil, Elfrida, and Larry from Nonviolent Works. When we come back, Larry, I want to ask you about the parish. Uh, what is your sense in terms of, in, in the parish, how are things going in terms of people's tension, stress, etc.? So we'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned.
Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. You're invited to Keep Hope Alive 2020, the online benefit and celebration of the Archdiocese of Chicago's Immigration Ministry and their nationwide program, Pastoral Migratoria. Join us virtually on the evening of Thursday, October 29th for a night filled with music, camaraderie, and inspiring speakers. Cardinal Blaise Supich and Sister Norma Pimentel of Catholic Charities of the Rio Grande Valley, who was recently recognized as one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People, will be joining us to help keep hope alive. Now, more than ever, the immigrant community, both here in the Archdiocese of Chicago and across the United States, needs the leadership formation and accompaniment that Pastoral Migratoria provides. Registration is free, and sponsorship and advertising opportunities are available. Visit www.keephopealive2020.org for more information and to register. Again, that's www.keephopealive2020.org. When you think of the word neighbor, warm and friendly thoughts come to mind. Think of smiles across the yard, positive wishes, and looking out for one another on an ongoing basis. Catholic Charities Neighbors in Need Fund inspires all of these and much more. We've seen an unprecedented number of requests for assistance this year from people who have never needed help before. When you make your gift to the Neighbors in Need Fund, you are igniting hope in the lives of your most vulnerable neighbors, especially individuals and families who continue to struggle to put food on the table and keep a roof over their heads. Your gift will give them the resources they need to overcome the unexpected, very serious circumstances in which they find themselves now. Give online at catholiccharities.net or call 312-948-6087. That's 312-948-6087. Catholic Charities Neighbors in Need Fund. Thank you for helping build a world of kindness, one neighbor to another. We're back, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Teresi here. We're safe distancing with our mask on. And live on, streaming. And we're live streaming, and we're, and we're on the phone uh, with our Nonviolence Works friends, Phil, Alfreda, Larry. Larry, you're in a parish. You're at St. Peter and Paul. Give us your take on... How how is the issue of violence or stress or how how do you see that playing out in the parish? You know, I think that uh, Saint Peter and Paul is certainly like uh, all the other um, parishes in the archdiocese. Um, all of us are being affected on a daily basis. 
you know, a lot of people tell me it's uh, it's like the movie Groundhog Day. You wake up and you hear the same news again and again and again. And as Father Greg has mentioned, you know, right now things are, are in trouble. Um, I can tell you that what the what my parish is trying to do is, is get back to some sense of normalcy, which I know is not going to be happening anytime soon. But we've tried to, to start some of our committees up via Zoom. Uh, we've tried to connect with each other in terms of personal contacts. And we try to support each other. And I think uh, many parishes are trying to do the same thing to help us. And, you know, the, the thing I would say before I um, give it over to uh, Phil and Alfredi is the fact that now is the time when so many things are outside our control. All of us need to do something every day that we can make a positive impact, which means we can do things to diminish the violence. We can do things to train people. And I think by doing that, we're helping our sanity and trying to tell ourselves, hey, I've made an impact today. So we, we are really um, motivated to try to change some of the things that are happening right now. Now, along those lines, Alfredi, talk about the South Shore collaboration for Safe Zone. Well, I can speak a little bit to it, but it's really Philip who has uh, spearheaded that, that effort. Um, in South Shore, we have 29 organizations that we have collaborated with in order to leverage our individual skills and resources to something larger that can actually create the, the infrastructure for developing a nonviolent zone. And that this would be something, we have a model that would apply to all, all the community areas of Chicago and beyond in order to in order to provide practical on-the-ground training that for people to in all the institutions that affect our lives, so it's not just about, you know, random, it's, it's, it's specified for the different kinds of, of organizations and, and groups that actually work in all of our neighborhoods. So that we can build, you know, we can we can build something uh, c- correctly that people can rely on, that people can use, that can that can become, as Phil said earlier, a day-to-day lifestyle. Why don't you add to that? That's excellent. Want to add to that, Phil? Yeah. See, the nonviolent zone. It's just that. It's, it's how you look at it, a community, whatever that problem is, and you wrap your arms around it, and you. Put it in a zone, and you and you and you put a trained civilian citizenry on that problem. That's the counterbalance to the police department, of which they've been crying out about. We need help. Where is the citizen? Where is the who can come and help us take some of this workload off of us? Well, welcome to the nonviolent zone, because you have to have a trained counterbalance. Part of the problem in the streets right now is. The, the angry citizen is not the correct counterbalance to the argument we have with some angry police. You've got to have a trained citizenry to have a counterbalance. Now, but, is, the, but the other part is you look at a one-mile radius, and every war is 50 of them. Every war has their trouble zones. The African-American community primarily is always in the newspaper. The African-American community is always look like the, the only violent community. But there's other communities that have substance abuse primarily, and they have another ethnic group, and they have other cultural domestic violence problems that don't get reported, but it still put a scorn on human development. 
Now, can you explain? Things have changed. People used to come to you for these programs. If I'm a pastor, I'm a lay leader in the parish, and I'm listening to this thinking, boy, we really need, we really need some input. We need some training. How do people, how do you even go about that now? Well, uh, you know, it, what's interesting, this new paradigm can actually speed up learning for those who want to get it. Uh, a lot of people are teaching themselves, even on YouTube, on how to fix stuff and solve a problem if you ask the right question. So this training can be modified to that same degree and get a worldview. Other people from all over the world can chime in, not just your immediate surroundings, which opens a whole new door for uh, organizing. So you're a broader, you're a broader coalition. Right. You're part of a. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, the good thing is, like Elfridi said, we are part of an Indian association group who have roots in uh, groups in India uh, who was complementing the work of Gandhi, of which we also do and put in our training. And how to keep keeping his life going. Uh, one of the things I shared at their event is how Jesus, Gandhi, and King will always be synonymous with each other. They they will always be hooked together because Jesus created nonviolence, Gandhi comprehended it, and King got it done. And so they will always be connected. That's a good analogy. I like that. Very good. See, and so, but the nonviolent zone is just that, too. It's teaching citizens, and all it is is setting up a scientific non-for-profit organization that provides that service. Because you need a minimum of nine people and to administrate and to evaluate your progress. So you can keep moving forward, but they have to be on the same page and understand now. Now we are running we are running out of time here, but I gotta ask an important question for either Phil, Alfredi, or Larry. In the work you're doing, which is magnificent and so much needed, but what gets you out of bed in the morning when you pick up the newspaper and see more violence, more anger, uh, more problems, more destruction? Do you sometimes feel like you're going backwards? I, I know you, you. I hope you don't, but it. You know, it's well, well, you know, it, it well, gets well, hard, well, doesn't it, Phil? No, no. Well, no. Not, not, actually, it doesn't. What I realize is that they haven't figured out the problem. We still have room for the answer. They haven't figured out the problem, and, and that's not bad news because because until you figure out the answer, you you have to repeat it. You have to repeat it. And so we see clearly, personally and socially, people have not figured out the problem. Now, at some point, people will start asking, how do I get out of this? Because we all are now going through, not just some people, everybody's going through this syndrome. Everybody's going through the eight stages of violence, personal self-disrespect, domestic violence. That's all over the place. We are all now having the same syndrome. Now, now we can now, Phil, hold on for a second, because I, I love what you just said there, but Alfredi, because we only got another minute here, you deal with college young people. What is their reaction to all of this? Do they see hopelessness moving forward or sign of hope? Oh, it's mixed, um, and part of what I try to do is to keep their spirits up. Mm-hmm. Never, ever, ever give up. Good. Which, which, you know, we just did a thing with a DePaul class, and I was working with mm-hmm. college students, and what I was able to get them to see is that violence starts with itself. And do you have a resolve to not, what do you see you being able to do it to another? And not just who you see is doing it to other people. And it's that starting point that you make violence a very personal uh, journey that you are working on before you start throwing rocks at other people. Now, Larry, in the last minute here, Larry, 
Can you give us a website for people to learn more about nonviolence works? Well, let me do this first. Um, any of the parishes that want training yes. can contact Phil at 312-513-7876. And number once again, Larry. 312-513-7876. And do you have and a we website? Certainly will work, we will work with any parish to help them get the training they need. And we and Phil can adapt it depending on time limitations on, on what the um, and of course now it's going to be via Zoom. Okay, well, well, thank you in a very special way, Phil Bradley, the president and founder of Nonviolence Works, Dr. Alfredi Weedham, vice president and a professor at Loyola University in Chicago, Larry Campbell, treasurer and the chair of the Parish Pastoral Council of Saints Peter and Paul Catholic Church in Chicago, Phil Alfredi and Larry. Thank you very much for being on. You're always fabulous. My prayers, our prayers are with you. Stay healthy. God bless. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Teresi will be back after a break. Stay with us, and again, do not touch that dial. 